Welcome to the Common Geeking Program, a book club podcast where each episode, three of us read up on a topic and then discuss it from geeky, nerdy perspectives. This week, I am your host, Jonavi, and we will be discussing Delicatessen, a 1991 French black comedy. I was supposed to watch a movie? <laughs> I bought a sandwich. Oh. Ha. Well. Ha. 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 Was it on French bread? <laughs> That would have saved it. <laughs> That's basically, if I had gotten French bread, I would have, I would have avoided uh, having nothing to talk about this episode. But I can tell you guys about a pretty sweet pumpernickel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This, we're going to change the topic of Common Geeking Program. We'll now call it... Common Sandwich Program. Yeah, or like Common Deli Program. I don't know. But anyway, the theme that we'll be talking about is just consumption and what that means. I'm joined by two people, each of whom has selected a domain they think connects to our topic and theme for this week. They are... Uh, hello, my name is Colin Ketchin, your first representative today, and therefore the best. And I'm going to be talking about, on the theme of consumption, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Season 4, <laughs> Episode 1, Mac and Dennis, Manhunters, specifically the B-plot. Why didn't you do the... Uh... That they solved the gas crisis, though. It had fewer superficial connections with the topic. Okay. Which I will enumerate at a later point. Well, I'm all about superficial. By the way, uh, my name is Pat Bram. Uh, I'll be representing uh, Wall E, uh, the 2008 Pixar film. Are we doing this again? <laughs> Should we? We don't have to. I'm down. I'm totally down, Pat. I love this. Okay. Okay. So. We're going to start by summarizing our topic and domains before we openly discuss. How do you not openly discuss? I've always kind of wondered that. But anyway. <laughs> it's called a Q&A. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> we close with a competitive rating section to determine who best contributed and whether today's topic is enjoyable or informative or both. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the rating champion? It's been a while since uh, um, Pat's, I mean, Okay. I think Laura might be in the lead, I, or, or Pat surpassed me pretty recently. Editor's note, since we're now on episode 99, seems like a good time to go over the current rankings. Colin is in first place with 15 gold stars, Patrick in second with 14, Laura in third with 12, Jeff in fourth with 11, Eddie in fifth with 10, Chowder has 9, Keenan has 8, Ryan has 5, Jonavi has 4, Austin has three, Matt has two, and guests Devin and Alyssa each have one. You're welcome. Goodbye. You, yes, I, I mean, yes, of course I did. <clears throat> yes, Pat, you, surpa- you surpassed me very recently. Congratulations on your well-earned victory. And I wanted to powwow with Jeff uh, after we make some changes to the program where we, we track gold stars also by ratio, because Jonavi has done a phenomenal job since she's joined the program, mm. but has not been on as many episodes as, say, <laughs> me. So there is going to be a disparity that I don't think properly serves her representative skills. Well, I might be phasing in at a conversation. I made a cake today and I ate a decent amount of it. And it's I'm I'm fighting it hard. <laughs> Are you starched out, my friend? <laughs> I am quite starchy. Oh, I guess it's better than being salty. It's true. Whenever I poke my arms, it like takes a few seconds for the skin to rebound out. It's just gross. Oh, oh, oh fuck! I did not need to hear that. On the plus side, that means that if you were cannibalized, you would offer a lot of uh, calories to those consuming you. So, for those who are on a bit of like a very trim post-apocalyptic diet, I would not be the food of choice. Which leads us to the summary of Delicatessen. <laughs> There's kind of a lot in this movie, but I'll just stick to outlining the uh, the basic plot. The movie Delicatessen takes place in a sort of post-apocalyptic, destroyed... A poke A poke Pocahontas-lyptic. Pocahontas-lipstick? <laughs> we've gotten to something else that makes sense and title <laughs> that was quick yeah we found that quickly i like it. i'm nothing if not efficient anyway <laughs> that's very not true um, 
Okay, so in a post-apocalyptic France, pretty much everything is destroyed. They're in this sort of small town area. There's one large, maybe like mansion slash apartment building standing, and the landlord is also a butcher. Food and like grains and lentils are currency in this world because real money isn't a thing anymore. The butcher, who is also the landlord, he runs through handyman handyman pretty fast because he puts out ads for them. They come and then he like butchers them and feeds them to his like tenants because that's how you get meat here. I would like to say that that is not exactly <laughs> the uh, expedience with which the information is doled out in the film. <laughs> Uh, it starts out with just, you know, s- you slowly piece together that there's like a famine and everyone's hungry, but it certainly doesn't lead with the fact that these people are being killed and, and served to people. You can sort of <laughs> glean it from the little intro. I, I think but... it's, I think it's heavily applied enough from the intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, maybe I'm, if you read Wikipedia before you watch it, like I do sometimes, if I just want to like delve right into the deeper meaning mm-hmm. behind it, like, uh, looking at the consumerism and consumption and stuff, then yeah, it, it you know, everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. I hope you guys watched the movie when I told you to, and then came back yes, to listen to the rest of it. I this. did. I watched it last night. <laughs> oh, not, not you guys, just people listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so I'd like to point out that the newspaper is apparently called Hard Times. <laughs> Just something I learned recently. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, apparently it's the hard That's times so paper. <laughs> you know, they, there was also a, a a porno with a newspaper called that. Oh, I see. Wait, what? Really? I have no idea. I just made that oh. shit up. Okay, you said it. You said it so deadpan and convincingly. I almost started googling. I'm gonna to look stay. Uh, I'm gonna stay focused now. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So the, the handyman that gets hired, his name is Louison. Mm-hmm. And he's starting to hit it off with Julie? Yes. That's the Julie. Name? Julie. This is the butcher's daughter. Mm-hmm. And the the butcher, is the butcher ever given a name besides the butcher? Uh, if I don't think so. I think his name's Clap, Clappet, Clapet. Clappet. Clappet. I'm going to call him Clappet. <laughs> Clappet sounds like the French pronunciation of that spelling. Yeah. Um, basically, he's telling everybody that he's going to kill Louison, mm-hmm. and everyone knows that they're eating people because it's, I, I'm guessing it's the only way to get meat yes. in this world where, where famine has taken over everything. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I I would kind of say that while that is certainly the central plot, most of the movie just kind of feels like a slices life approach to post-apocalypse. It's true. There are numerous life slices you get of the people who live in the apartment building there there's this one lady who keeps trying to make these like kill yourself rube goldbergs oh my god (laughs) what was it arone 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 something like that yeah yeah there are three instances in the movie where she has like these suicide by rube goldberg machines set up yeah and something keeps interrupting them I laughed out loud every single... I, on, and my notes actually kept track of every time I laughed out loud at the movie. It's a longer <laughs> list than I was expecting. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, Delicatessen is, is pretty great. And then eventually, Julie is able to communicate the uh, secret of the building and its supply of meat, <laughs> which I don't think was a very well-kept secret, but what what do I know? <laughs> yeah, even the mailman knew. Yeah, but poor Louison... <laughs> He's uh, so he he came to know they Julie ends up requesting the help of the troglodytes. They are the under underground society mole people of of mole people and who they're yeah. they're vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Yeah, they were. I didn't get that. Being vegetarians are, are is a radical act. <laughs> they're like meat is murder. Literally, <laughs> we're not yes. for it. Okay, did I miss something, or was the impetus of of Julie finding the troglodytes simply she opens the Hard Times newspaper, and there's a claim in there, like, troglodytes are a literal underground society? And she's like, well, I'm going to go down this manhole and see if that's true. I thought they had mentioned them, like, earlier before, like, in the beginning. They said in passing, they would say, like, you know, stupid trogs, but I thought that was just, like... You know, just like a a dirty word for them in French. No, I I think they were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they were. I think they were referring to the uh, 
those counterculture vegetarians who refuse to eat their fellow man. Um, they end up storming the building, but there are pe- some some of the members of the apartment are not sympathetic to saving Louison. I'd say most of them are not sympathetic to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, th- I think all of them weren't right. Like what it was like everyone except Julie, pretty much. I was under the impression that it was more of a uh, it was more necessary mm-hmm. that and they you know he he was their source of food. Yeah, and you can't exactly uh, you know shut that down in trying times. Sure. Yeah, nobody really expressed a problem with him. What was the name of the butcher's girlfriend? The the mistress. Lady in the, yeah, the mistress um, with the squeaky bed. Uh. Yes, with the very. <laughs> she seemed to get along with him, which was very strange to me mm-hmm. because toward the end of the film, what ends up happening is they're all chasing Louison through yeah, the building. Yeah, because they're like, at the end of the day, you're okay, but we still got to eat you. Like, they still need meat. <laughs> And the troglodytes were hired by Julie to kidnap him to protect him, but they accidentally get the mistress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I can't believe. What really surprised me is the whole time I thought that the mistress was okay with Louis Saint. They did dancing together with his clown stuff. They had that like infectious little moment where they're bouncing on the bed to find what the squeak is. And then at the end, she's like, "Here's the knife. Kill Louis Saint." I'm like, wait, 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 wait. When did you get on his bad side? Well, I to her, it, it's it, there's that's that's the whole disconnect of the people living in the apartment, right? It's just like mm. this person is fine and everything, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's food, and that's I think where a lot of the commentary comes in, <laughs> even though it's surreal mm. and sometimes people are doing things that don't necessarily make sense. It's like, hey. A lot of the time, comedy is all about disconnect, and that's the main disconnect of like Louisan's interactions with people in the apartment. Of just like, yeah, you're you're a person like the rest of us. You're doing handyman things, helping us out. Like, yeah. And then in the mistress's case, like, yeah, she has all these positive interactions with him. But they, at the end of the day, she's totally willing to eat him because she's got to have that meat. <laughs> so. And you know, she's not the only one that's having like uh, positive interactions with him. Like- right. He gets along with everybody basically in the apartment. The kids, the the kids were yes. having a really good time with him. Mm-hmm. Well, the kids kind of end up siding with him. In the end, that's but true. I'm, I'm definitely getting ahead of myself there. Those kids are chaos agents. <laughs> they are neutral chaotic. They like bubbles. Yes, that, that's exactly chaotic that's, neutral. That's true. It's the weight of their the heart. Smoke bubbles were cool. Anyway, please watch the movie if you haven't seen the movie. People listening, <laughs> um, it's pretty. It's pretty excellent. But yeah, so the troglodytes are are kind of the uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. It's okay. Are you also dealing with cake brain? I'm not dealing with cake brain, <laughs> but I, I did get very little sleep last night. And then I've That's been fair. doing extremely boring government things all day. Oh. Same. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't work for the government. Wow, oh, shucks. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> anyway, so the end. Uh, at the end of the day, Louisan and Julie end up running from these me- members of the apartment, sealing themselves in this like upstairs bathroom, flooding the bathroom so that when people finally break through, all the water just washes them out of the apartment. It was very good. That, it <laughs> was a win. very fun climax to the film. And then they decide that they're going to play music together on the roof. And it's very cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very cute. And, and that was the first time in the movie that the very harsh yellow color grading mm-hmm. faded out. Because the movie is like, it is yellow the whole time and then when they're playing music on the roof at the end the color grading is lifted and wow this guy is blue not like a pea orange (laughs) yeah (laughs) it looks less toxic for most of the time like the like inside of the apartment and the few shots from outside like it does look like potentially toxic air but then the sky clears so Mm -hmm. yeah there we have it. <laughs> it's delicatessen. No, yeah, that's pretty much the whole film. Why did you? Uh, why did you pick that movie for this? What What made you want to bring it up? So I I have been wanting to talk about it just because delicatessen is one of my favorite films. Oh, pressure's on. I, like I I gravitate towards dark comedy in general. Um, I think a lot of people do. But especially because... I would like the audience to know Matt just very slightly raised one eyebrow. (laughs) I think a lot of people do. Shrek is love. (laughs) Also, who's Matt? I said Pat. Oh. Mm, Pat. The the M M was a little bit stifled from the cake frosting still (laughs) emblazoning my teeth. (laughs) Matt. I I, I hope you can uh, visualize this at home. 
dear listeners. Nah. Colin is just basically a gingerbread man right now. Snap. Since Shrek is love and everything. (laughs) Gingy. (laughs) Not the gut drop buttons. (laughs) Yeah, so I I wanted to talk about it because it was my favorite film. And also because uh, something that's sort of become increasingly uh, relevant in, I guess, conversations around the world and in communities is resource scarcity. And even though we are not currently post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Yet. We are also not post-scarcity. We are so. also not post-scarcity. And the um, other reason is that I've been a vegetarian all my life. I was born into a vegetarian family, and I'm tickled by the portrayal of like what it means to <laughs> eat meat here <laughs> and what it means to be vegetarian here. Did you say pork trail? I did. Pork tra- <laughs> that pork trail. <laughs> the pork trail sounds like something else. Family <laughs> mm. <laughs> friendly. This isn't family friendly. Please don't this listen to this with your family. Friendly. We don't like families. Go away. <laughs> Neither does the butcher, apparently. That's very true. Yeah. So th- those are those are just some of the reasons why why I thought that it was worth talking about. I also think that there's a lot of things in Delicatessen to talk about. Like it is very visually interesting. There's a lot of interesting, you know, sort of playing with sound that goes on in it. It's very playful while being very dark. So I feel like even though the weirdness of it sometimes puts people off, there is kind of a little something for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as far as the comedy part of it goes, black comedy, obviously meaning a very like darkly themed story, but I've never seen a black comedy this farcical. Mm-hmm. Like it gets slapsticky, it gets vaudeville, it gets very animated with a lot of its gags, which tonally doesn't give you as much whiplash as you would think going from two people like bouncing on a bed to a vaudeville tune coming out of the TV and then cutting to a woman trying to get a sewing machine to splat her head when <laughs> someone opens the door <laughs> or like when the sink fills up with water. Like, she's trying to get like the toaster to drop in it. Yeah, yeah. It, there was, yeah, the, oh God, that'll be a fun thing to talk about later. But I, <laughs> I agree, it's, it's contrasting a lot of things that seem like they shouldn't go together, but it does reconcile those various tones pretty handily. So that is just about it for the summary. Do you guys cool. want to start the second recording? Uh, second recording should be after the do means. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was, that time I can't even blame the guide. I was just hallucinating. Um, All right. (laughs) Colin, you want to go next? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Hit me. Please. Cool. Hi, everybody. My name's Colin Ketchin. It's my domain time where I talk about my domain. What's a domain, you ask? It's a thing that relates to the topic, but isn't the topic. And my domain specifically is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season four, episode one, Mac and Dennis, Manhunters. The A story of this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Let's back up. Let's back up a little bit for those of you who may not know. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a lie. Is a comedy series set in Philadelphia where it is in fact always sunny. Wait, where is it? It's in Philadelphia where it is in fact always sunny. Oh, I had no idea. And it is uh, it is a comedy series featuring at varying times four to five very narcissistic people. I don't know if it is considered a black comedy, but it can also be very dark and disturbing in some of its themes and pretty brazen in the way that it addresses them. And this episode addresses, much like Delicatessen, eating people. And it does that in two different ways. Uh, The first way is the A plot of the story. And it's not really eating people, but two characters, Mac and Dennis, both with their own deep-seated insecurities about themselves, are challenged by the manipulator of this entire group, played by Danny DeVito. Uh, They're challenged by Frank that, like, deer hunting is tough. And they were like, no, no, it's not. The only real challenge for hunting is hunting men. (laughs) That most dangerous game, though. So they find a priest that they made homeless. Rickety cricket. 
they find Rickety Cricket and they say, yeah, you got a head start, but we're going to hunt you alive. And he's like, what? No, guys, what? No, please don't do this. <laughs> and and like the A story of the episode is focusing around them chasing Rickety Cricket, uh, who is, I think, like weirdly skilled in parkour as he escapes them. But the I on one superficial level, I do just like the comparison of like the attitude it takes to hunt somebody, the difference being that it is narcissism in this show while it is survival in Delicatessen. But the plot that really made me want to bring this to the table is the B-plot, which features the characters of Dee and Charlie. Also, pretty messed up people. Charlie, pretty mentally unstable. Dee, uh, sort of like a a self-aggrandizing failure of a person. And they also steal some of Frank's meat, and they eat it, and they're like, wow, that was really good. Like, I've never had food that good before. I wonder what it was. It wasn't beef. What, what could it have been? And then Frank is like, it's human meat. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, no. And then a day later, they're like, Dee's like, Charlie, like, that was so good. I need more of it. And Charlie's like, we got the hunger. We got the hunger! And they are spending the rest of the episode, like, panickedly trying to find human meats. At first, they don't believe it, and they go to, like, Chinatown to figure out, could this, could this be a different kind of meat? So they try, like, monkey and alligator and all these different exotic meats, and they're like, this is it. Nothing's it. This is not going to work. And so they resort to trying to find human meat. At the end of the episode, like, as they're preparing to like kill somebody and eat them frank reveals that it was in fact raccoon meat and that the hunger is probably a tapeworm <laughs> oh, and that no. they've just been freaking out for no particular reason <laughs> so it's a very funny episode it's very oh, no. bombastic classic frank yeah without so i, I like the idea that on a superficial level these things connect very closely it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a very socially commentative show. I don't think this episode reaches quite the same zenith that Delicatessen is shooting for. <laughs> but a complaint I have about Delicatessen is that its social commentary is sometimes drowned out by the comedy and by the slice-of-life setting, where I don't think it really emphasized the deeper conversations the movie was trying to have. And in that way... I think it mirrors this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. where clearly there are bigger ideas going on behind it, but there is just some good old-fashioned comedy between people eating each other, and that's my part. All right. Thank you very much nice. for that summary. You're welcome. All right. Patrick, it is your turn now. Spoiler alert, Matt Canavan's back. What's up, y'all? Oh, no. It was you the whole time? It's okay. I texted Pat. He's good, BT-dubs. Oh. He's back in Arizona. Okay. Thank God. Good to know. Okay, cool. So I decided to take a slightly different approach as I used to do. <laughs> I didn't interpret consumption quite as literally. I decided to talk about the 2008 animated classic... Wally, -E. absolutely a classic. Yeah, one of my fi second favorite movie of all time. Really? Yeah, it's up there for me. I'm a big fan of Wally. -E. Yeah. So basically, the premise is: if you have not seen this, uh, this gem, uh, it's the 29th century, and Earth has been abandoned because uh, everything's totally polluted and just covered in garbage. So all of human population basically gets on this giant spaceship and they're living their days out there and they've been there for 700 years meanwhile there's this robot i did not know the timeline of that film yes 700 years that is a dramatic amount of time oh my goodness yep uh lost train of thought found the train so there's this one robot that's been <laughs> going around cleaning everything up trying to well, basically trying to make better what everyone else left behind. And he finds this plant, which is basically evidence that, you know, life is sustainable on Earth again. And then eventually he ends up going into space and basically is going on this adventure to deliver the plant to the people and bring everyone back to Earth. That's very, very, very watered down. But the reason I wanted to talk about it in terms of consumption was because before everyone... And I guess while everyone is in space, uh, everyone's lives is dominated by 
this one big company by and large, which is supposed to be this big metaphor for big corporations everywhere, which is funny because consumerism, because Pixar slash Disney is basically the granddaddy of all those. Yeah, that is ironic that Disney of all companies is trying to comment on the problems with large corporations. Yeah. Go on. So basically, this company had become such a meaningful part of everyone's life, you know, it was providing, uh, you know, food, water, housing, basically everything that everyone needed to live. In space. In, well, in space, but also on Earth before they went into space. Yes. SpaceX meets Costco. That's beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. Yeah. Audience, once again, I wish you could see our faces where the eyes of both uh, Matt and myself just kind of like popped open and glinted when we heard those Yeah, words. you lost a gumdrop, Colin. Best be getting that back on. <laughs> I know that's referencing what I said earlier in the episode, but it feels off put to be told you've lost a gumdrop. <laughs> Not <Aww>. the buttons. <laughs> But yeah, so they basically became almost this IV drip of just ne- uh, necessary stuff that everyone needed to live to the point where it was like almost, it, it became toxic. And uh, yeah, that's, that is my topic. Cool. Anyway, with all of our topic and domains summarized, let us move on to the discussion. Lettuce? <laughs> Said the vegetarian? <laughs> ha. <laughs> Listen, as bad as that joke was, I want to point out that Jonavi's still laughing. I'm just crying. I'm so sad. <laughs> oh, audience, if only you could see her face. Genuine tears. So many genuine tears. Oh, who started okay. cutting onions here? Let's let's start off with uh, a general a general question question about general question question about delicatessen, um, because I, I led him saying that this was that I wanted to talk about consumption and stuff, and um, <coughs> Colin kind of addressed this already. But how? What was the point? Do you think delicatessen was making? If it was making a point, <laughs> I think it wanted to introduce the concept of the sextronome, where two people humping loudly on a mattress can set the rhythmic pace <laughs> for the activities everybody else in the building is doing. As exemplified when the butcher was humping real hard, and everybody else's jobs sped up as his thrusting did, and stopped when he stopped. I think we call that the rhythm of life, Colin. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know. Matt, do you want to take first answer or do you have no preference? Go go for it, Matt, because I think Colin summarized first. Um, So I think that the purpose of the film, I don't know. So you're on, you're not thinking, entirely sure that it was making a point, or do you think that um, there there was definitely some intended commentary there? I there's definitely something there. Um, I got nothing. I'll, I'll <laughs> think of it. Colin, you're up. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, 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 that's okay. So we got um. You got, you got some time. I when you led with the idea of consumption as the unifying theme for our discussion. Yes. I was expecting the movie to be a little more substantive. And as I said in my domain, I think that the substance is overshadowed by other qualities of the movie. I think the point was more to entertain than I think it was to inform or heavily discuss because even the world building itself is very sparse. There is enough information in the movie to know how this post-apocalyptic world is. They mention in one line that things aren't growing, so you understand the scarcity of grains and foods. Um, and, but that's, and not, most, that's more to like just set up their one spot, though. It doesn't really set up the whole world, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of that's kind of the thing that that was getting me about it was the fact that 
it it does do the work to establish these rules, but those rules are not really the point of the movie. It kind of mm-hmm. feels like a video game that puts you through a tutorial and then is like, that's just so you can do all this crazy shit for the next 40 hours. <laughs> like, it, it, it really felt like stage setting more than it did discussion. Okay. And through the lens of a comedy, I think that especially with, like, the troglodytes as the vegetarians, with the uh, with the greed of the hungry people trying to chase down Louisan, I think that it was, again, more about the comedy. As Jonavi and I were saying before the recording, they did it for the gram. So when we look at how... Those grams of, of meat. Those grams of meat. When we look at how it actually spends its time, it doesn't spend a lot of time talking about this. It doesn't talk about how the drive for, you know bloodlust could affect this or whether it's just you know they just want meat which seems to be the implication we we don't dive into what people are experiencing about that we just see them chasing after louis saint to eat meat which is why i picked the it's always sunny episode because it's the same behavior for different reasons but we get kind of the same depth of exploration for why charlie and d kidnap a, a homeless kid and try to eat him as the butcher is chasing down louis saint like it, they're so drastically different i i don't think either of them went too far in that direction and to that end i enjoyed the comedy of delicatessen but i think the comedy was the ultimate point i think it was trying to entertain you based on a heady premise all right matt have you further further thoughts at this juncture you know i think i was i was having a lot of trouble trying to extrapolate deeper meaning out of it because uh you know in the end there really isn't um it what the purpose was to entertain to kind of look at you know this what if scenario in a comic yeah um but i yeah, it, I definitely enjoyed it, but I I, did, I think that uh, as far as like you know substance goes or deeper meaning, um, there, I'm I'm not picking up on any of it. Yeah, I I, I think especially for Jonavi, for someone like you who is uh, intelligent and educated and oh, likes no. the movie very much, I'm uh, <laughs> trying to get them gold star points. Wow. Uh, for for some for for someone like you who who wants to sit and and dig into movies like this, which I generally like to as well, and especially for a movie you enjoy this much, I've also been through the loop of like I find something I like. And I can you can suss out that meaning. And I don't want to say that these commentative parts aren't there. They certainly are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that they are present enough for me on a casual viewing to say, like, this is such an incredible commentary about <laughs> consumerism and the need to sustain our way of life at the cost of the well-being of others. Like that's that that was a bit of a bridge too far for me, though. <laughs> yes, those things those things are definitely in the movie. Um, and I'm not saying that you 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 screamed it at me with that fervor, but I certainly felt well, sure. attacked I mean, in that if, way. If, um, I'm kidding. Well, no, I, I agree. If I like if I hadn't seen this before and then I was presented with like consumption as a theme, I would have just been mm-hmm. like, oh, most of this is not about consumption. So I, mm-hmm. I can understand where you guys are coming from. Um, my thing about the movie and one of the reasons why, um, I, I do like it so much is that it doesn't shy away from things being ridiculous and horrifying at the same time. And part of the things that, part of the thing that makes something surreal is that there's, there's little mental disconnects, um, throughout like what a viewer might think should happen or and how the characters are are behaving or the um offbeat rules of how things work yeah. um and the slapstickiness of the film kind of plays into that um but for me in this movie the like having it be so surreal and slapsticky and the disconnect between people just being like or or Louisans being like, okay, I'm a handyman looking for work, just trying to live my life, and then people mm-hmm. being like, oh yeah, we can be perfectly like civil and stuff to you, but yeah, we totally we're still have gonna, to kill we're you. We're gonna chomp you. down on your games. It's given. It's given. It's given a level of like legitimacy and sense in this situation that takes it above other surreal things that I've seen, because mm. as you've said. Um, or as I think was was mentioned before by by Matt 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 
by Pamat <laughs> that the PM is silent. It's at. It, don't at me. <laughs> at, at. At. Don't attack me. Don't attack me. That's such a good advice. Don't attack anybody, guys. Non-violence. Glad we landed on that. He didn't land anywhere. I'm sorry. I'm very <laughs> sleep deprived. Um, but yeah, so like in in most most of the time, if if something is so exaggerated, or the difference between what you expect to happen, or like what would happen normally, and what is happening on the screen is is wide. Sometimes it's done just for comedy. But here, even though the movie like is primarily comedic, I don't think anyone's mm-hmm. gonna be like, this is a dissertation. Because yeah. it's not, um, or or if somebody is, this is a dissertation. Please tell me, give me your dissertation. I will eat it up. I want to know. But um, <laughs> eat it up, get it. <laughs> Consumption. We did it. Um, One thing I am that I'd like to kind of point out though is that I think um, the main character, the guy who comes in, um, his name was Louisson. Louisson. Louis Vuitton. Louisson. Sure. Um, that guy. He was uh, supposed to kind of be uh, representative of just like a normal person. Just a normal dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, he kind of was just supposed to be there to be like a stark contrast to. Yeah. um, He was the only nice guy in that fucking building. too. He was, though. Like even the kids were douchebags. Yeah. (laughs) Those kids. This is a six year old smoking cigarettes. You can't expect them to be particularly friendly. It, it is France. Everyone smokes there. Or so Very true. <laughs> Apologies to every French person out there I just assumed about. <laughs> the, uh, just kidding. No, it's I, 2019. I can assume again. Maybe, they all, maybe <laughs> they're all sick of hearing about delicatessen. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they're just like, oh, another person making assumptions all about me. I, I land in Paris with my Eiffel Tower hat and like, and I'm just like, oh my God, how do you guys feel about delicatessen? And I just get a bunch of, oh. As they walk away from me in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Army of ha. Ha ha. Okay. I'd use my Canadian heritage as defense here, but I'm Scottish Canadian, not French Canadian. <laughs> yeah, we're we're sorry, France. We're sorry. No, I think pointing out the the contrast of Louis Song. Actually, I think that's probably a good way. It seems obvious, but yeah, that's actually a pretty good lens, I think, to focus on this because he's the only one not really like after he gets hired, he's not really talking about his survival. He's Mm -hmm. content to live in the building with everybody else. Right. Whereas everyone else, they're doing what they need to to get by. Like the one guy, um, uh, there was the one guy they basically were was like uh, like the butcher's like henchman by choice. And he even gave up his own grandma. Just for the sake of yeah, uh, keeping yep. himself alive, you know? Right. Or his mother and or his grandma. I, one of them. I think because of, like, the time the time of the movie, it seems to be a bit post-World War II. Um, yes. It does. Yeah, the technology yeah. was very, like, 40s. Right. So in the environment of something being pers- post-World War II or an environment being devastated in this way and, you know, like, maybe the ground is so irradiated that... You know, growing food is no longer, you know, a, a given in this area yeah. and people are trying to subsist. You would have uh, a disconnect between like, hey, we're just trying to live our lives, but <laughs> that automatically implies somebody else cannot live their life because I'm right. now I'm now thinking of Mac and Dennis Manhunters through a different lens now <laughs> where uh, and this is this is some meta meta storytelling here, but almost like someone was like, "What if we took the plot of Delicatessen and played it out in the real world?" And that's their hunt of Rickety Cricket. <laughs> I mean, like I I I do I do think that in ways that the movie is framed, it's kind of getting at what desperation is, and then the normalization yeah. of that. And then what it means yeah, I think to... That's, yeah, that, that's a better crystallization, yeah. I think, of, of how it read to me. And then mm-hmm. what it means to, like, being a vegetarian then becomes a much more radical stance 
yeah. and something like, okay, we can't grow more food though. And they're like, no, we refuse to eat people. That's fucking gross, guys. <laughs> Not going to do it. But then it's normalized for everyone else to be like, but we have to. And then... The, these guys are like, no, we're we're not for it, and perhaps they've found um, another another way to live. So, like, there, this is essentially like the division of society into yeah. into two parts. One of which is like prioritizing what some may consider a luxury of like having meat, and 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 putting it like, no, this is our standard of living. We expect meat. We want meat. Regardless of the situation, we have to get it in some way. And then another part of society, which is like, no, <laughs> seriously, yeah, guys, I, no. What are you doing? That's I totally it's, not okay it's kind to of, eat people. So it's kind of interesting that I think the yeah. the if you if you want to compare this directly to Wally, the was something that I don't think the movie Delicatessen really sinks its teeth into is the dichotomy between the troglodytes and the surfacers, the surface dwellers, aside from the superficial behaviors where the troglodytes, you know, they got big funny glasses, they all talk weird, they have headlamps and wetsuits. They live but underground? They don't really, they, they, there's no in, like, inspection of their position as vegetarians refusing to eat people, mm -hmm. where I think Wally is a movie that, on the lens of consumption and how consuming resources and food affects our daily lives, Wally actually shows the different mindsets that affect these different lifestyles mm -hmm. or rather it shows the lifestyle that is contrasting to our own, uh, in the, uh, in the roly poly and people in their the, chairs. I guess like the difference then is that Wally shows complacency or like it shows mm. what happens as a result of complacency and then everything has gone to whatever. And we're just, you know, content to be as is. And there isn't that kind of tension in the, in the ship, um, I forget what the ship is called in Wally. The Axiom. The Axiom. Um, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I was going to call it Manuel, but I knew that that was not right. No, that is the book that tells how to repopulate Earth. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, your, your neurons were still in the right category. <laughs> they were in there, so yeah. I haven't seen Wally in a long time, sadly. Um, I guess. But Matt, do you want to watch Wally again? Can we hold hands? Only will I watch Wally if we can do that. Perfect. But like the even the name of the ship in Wally is it's it's axiom and axiom is something that you assume um, so that you can do some kind of proof. So that that was just the uh, like the the assumption of the of everybody leaving was just that this is the only way we can do it. We're not going to bother like fighting for the planet or whatever. Like this is this is what has to happen. Um, whereas hey Siri, in, what does axiom mean? A statement or proposition which is regarded as being established, accepted, or self-evidently true. Okay, yeah. yeah. I did not know what axiom meant. Oh. Yesterday I learned. Oh. Yet <laughs> so, Man, but, you just brought out a whole level of shit, Matt, and I would never have recognized. Well, I, I think that, that might have to do <laughs> with awesome. like how much we, we would read into a movie, right? Because you're just like, hey, in, I'm starting to see where you're coming from with Delicatessen now. <laughs> like in, in Wally, I feel like it, it explains more stuff because I think it explains more stuff because it's just more direct about it. It's yep. like, it, it sort of shoves it in your face. Delicatessen is more like, we're going to frame it this way and then we're going to like show you all of this like absurd slapsticky. We're still making fun of humanity in this microcosm of this like office building and we're still having these very like clowny as someone, moments as someone who was never really that good at analyzing stuff in the first place mm -hmm. i think that's why i, I appreciate wally a bit more mm -hmm. just because it is more upfront. yeah and that's not to say like i i i do love wally i don't think that wally is lesser in any way i just um like i i just think that there's there's a different level like there's there's kind of some some people would say when you're confronted with like a surreal or absurd thing that you know, you don't need to read into it as much because like, oh, it's just silly. But then I'm like, no, you have to read into it more <laughs> because it gets more funny the more you think about it. 
Um, so, and I have movie, yeah. I have movies like that myself where the first couple times I watched Always Sunny, I did not enjoy the show. I had the same experience with The Office, sure. Where it was just like the com the surface level comedy is what yes. I was reacting to, yeah. right? Um, but I enjoy show shows more. And like Johnny, like I said, I totally understand why and how you do this with movies. I enjoy Sunny more when I get to pick apart like, ooh, how are they, like what is what is the right. thing they're talking about here? What is the what is the meta? And it's like the, that episode where they had the podcast. That yep, <laughs> uh, Common Geeking Program episode thirteen. Check it out. <laughs> so anyway, um, I get, I guess I didn't really get to another question. It was more just me talking more about delicatessen and and some of the topics that that we were talking about. Um, but I guess going back to consumption, the of I guess another basic question I could ask is like. Whose side would you be on? Would you be with the troglodystes, <laughs> or would you be with the like with the butcher and and his tenants in the apartment building, being like, uh, "This is un- this is no longer uncomfortable." This becomes an uncomfortably real conversation uh, because meat consumption has a pretty significant environmental impact. Yes. Uh, so even aside from like ethics, humane treatment of animals, and all the things that are going on with various supply chains, farms, and and things like that. There's also just the fact that it takes a tremendous amount of resources and outputs a lot of waste to eat meat. And I will still fucking demolish a burger. And I'll do it happily. I love eating meat. I just made two meatloaf, little meatloafs today. And it, it, it begs the question. It, it, How far does would this go for I, you? How far does this go for me and what would it take for me to do what I know is the more sound decision? Because right now I've been vegetarian like as a kid, mm-hmm. like it was a thing I had to do. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. That if was I can ever you, help it. Somebody made you or. Yeah, it was a thing our family had. We okay. were on this thing. It was called I believe it was called the Hallelujah Diet. If that gives you any idea of my upbringing. All right. Oh. <laughs> OK, yeah. so that was fun. I drank powdered barley leaves mixed with water. <laughs> I mean, of course you would hate it if you did that. (laughs) No, I did. I also am really picky with fruits and vegetables, but I'm not picky with beef. It is interesting that you uh, talk about like where Mm -hmm. um, the meat comes from, because if you spin it back onto um, Wally delicatessen oh and you think about like the ethical treatment of animals, Mm -hmm. the people in the apartment, they were basically cattle like they were just being raised to eventually be butchered, you know, unless they found handymen. So, well, you know, <laughs> that's I, I guess I didn't even like consider that part of it as, uh, for everyone else in the in the building. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think everybody in the building kind of assumed that they were safe. Mm-hmm. And I and I kind of rolled with that assumption that they were safe from which being slaughtered by the butcher, which, which is clearly not true because the grandma yeah. died. Look yeah. at what um, they even feed the, the people a lot of the times, too. They're What's feeding their currency? Currency? Probably, it's grain. Yeah. And it's it's probably also why those six year olds are so like gangster like <laughs> with mm. their smoking and their being dicks because the weakest will get murdered here. If we're looking at like how how you can apply this mindset to real humans i think that because all of meat eating culture right now an extreme is what happens in delicatessen yeah. you're just taking yeah this disconnect that people have of like hey this is this thing that i know causes harm but like i don't really care because it's delicious it's and real taking good it to an extreme yes it is no it, it really is except that like and this is this is a little fucked up here but if you create a society or a culture around the idea that eventually you're going to eat people you know, morality is a subjective thing. Humans could get to a point where that's okay. I hope they don't. But like, if if we are going to spin out a fiction to a farther degree than Delicatessen does, like that's an interesting world to play in, and where I think these commentaries could have been and more effective. That's why it's interesting to look at Julie's character because. At first, Louisan and Julie are like, you know, having a conversation. Louisan's like, oh man, they ate him. Can you believe it? And Julie's just like, yeah, okay. This is what happens. That's just like, it's not weird to her. This is just yeah. the disconnect she's kind of had growing up. And um, like, as the, as the butcher's daughter, she's ingrained in this. But by the end, she's just like, oh man, I really, really, really don't think that we should butcher and eat this dude. 
Yeah, Please. except that she, so except that she, she kind of represents somebody. She didn't take a like a like a, a moral this. stand. Her father even pointed out that she was just like, "You do this with all the guys, Which, like get over it." Yeah. Which is so here's here's the thing yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. when I was, uh, you know, back when I was like from age uh, until I was six years old, I lived on a farm and we bred rabbits. For did you not know this, Colin? I did not know this. Yeah. I've known you for a long time. This is yeah, educational yeah, no, no, no. in so many ways. Yeah, yeah. I lived Today out I in uh, Rensselaer. We had a little. We had a rabbit farm. We had rabbits and chickens, and we bred the rabbits for eating. And my parents always said, "Don't name the rabbits because don't name the rabbits." Them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then what does uh, Julie do? She goes. She basically names. She named him Louis Saw. Yes. I get. Sorry. <laughs> You know, but she, you know, she she created that emotional attachment to the point where you kind of realize, oh, fuck, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? You know, so what yeah. would it do to people to, like, live in an apartment building where you cannot really have an emotional attachment because you don't know who's going to get eaten like mm-hmm. the next day? And it doesn't that makes I would say is actually very similar yeah. <laughs> to how I currently live in my real apartment <laughs> where I don't get to know anybody and none of them matter to me. You don't care about your cats? <laughs> they live in my room with me. Okay. That's different. That's different. Are they are they tenants? No, you're their tenant because you buy their food still. Why does you have to put it like that? <laughs> you're going to send me into like an existential spiral. I got to think of it like that now. Every time you see me in the cat food aisle at Pet Supplies Plus, I'm just going to be staring at the bag like, damn, for 20 minutes. <laughs> or you'll be like, oh, at least this isn't somebody I know. <laughs> Hi, do you have cats? No, I'm subletting from them. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I I like the I like the both literal and existential horror presented by Delicatessen. <laughs> um, and I I think that it has a way of like being farcical and absurd with it while at the same time not pulling any punches as to what this means. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that that's a fair assessment. I would probably and I'll probably get to this in the ratings, too. Um, And not necessarily for a Wally style movie that is about the setting Mm -hmm. where Delicatessen is very much about the people in the setting. I think I would have liked to see its fiction a little more developed. I think the more you develop a fiction, the more these ideas can resonate, even if you don't discuss them very overtly. Indeed. And 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 this might be just my complaint as someone who is a frequent patron of sci fi um, is when I'm when I'm presented with a fictional world, I like to see those gears turn and I like to see those elements built out. I can, not yeah. with the world not with the intent is, of yeah. me being able to know everything that's going on, mm-hmm. but so that there are enough rules in there that you can put you can like almost treat it like a rendering machine. Mm-hmm. You can put an idea into this world and it will be processed through that lens. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like Delicatessen was developed enough to do that in the way I would like, but it was definitely crafted to discuss the things that you've brought to the table, and I do think it discussed them well, and any other dings I have for it are probably just my preference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's a, that's a reasonable segue into ratings. All right. Thank you both for uh, a hearty discussion. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> we move on to, to the ratings and we'll begin by having each of our representatives rate the topic on a scale of uh, one to five kilocalories. Um, <laughs> kilocalories? Yeah, kilocalories. Kilocalories. Mm-hmm. Okay, the the measure. I okay. K I L O. I thought you were saying. I still had the gangster cows in my head with the sideways hooves. <gasps> you said kilocalories. So I, I thought you were saying kilocalories, like K I L L A. That was the intent, dude. You explained. Okay. You explained something that was supposed to just be a throwaway teehee. Um. Anyway. Nothing. Totally nothing funny can you, escape Colin. my grasp. <laughs> You can't escape it. I'm a black hole of comedy. Um, <laughs> Matt, why In the you, words why of Griffin McElroy, why don't you go this first? is comedy point. We, we, haven't, we haven't heard Matt words in some time. Yeah, that's, that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, anyway, so I would give it uh, four out of five kilo calories. Um, I actually really enjoyed the film. Um, you know, it was, you know, 
stylistically very different than um, most other movies that we kind of watch these days, you know, partially because of the era that it came from, but also because it is a foreign film. Um, but I thought that the ideas that it did, that it did try to discuss, like, you know, consumption or, um, you know, basically in a literally a live or die situation, um, I, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, someone, uh, someone else's take on that. So four to five. Cool. And you, Colin? Um, because nothing funny can escape my clutches, I'm going to give this film three out of five. Very good, uh, very good. Killer, killer catteries, calories with it. Killer catteries. Your cats my boy aren't is safe, sitting right over there on them. the couch. He's poop, covering his run. eyes to shield himself run, from the poop, horror. Run. Meow. So, <laughs> so um, that's gonna get taken the wrong way. <laughs> the I, I've already kind of listed my complaints about the film. The truth is, I actually enjoyed watching it quite a bit. Um, I had a lot of fun. I laughed out loud many, many times. You kept a, uh, you one kept of the, a tally. I did. I'm so proud. Uh, let's actually. Uh, I'll go through the list after this, not during the ratings, but uh, the hardest laugh may have been the third times that like Aurore or Arone or whatever her name was uh, tried to commit suicide by like turning on the gas, opening the oven, tying tying a shotgun to the door, standing a noose around her head and swallowing a bunch of pills and like something happened so all five of these attempts fail simultaneously and she's just sitting there with the revelation that the voices in her head are someone yelling at her through the pipes. And it's just, I think the comedy in this is so well executed. The camera work is so precise, the blocking, it felt like I was watching a play at times and I mean that in the best way. where I think my complaints about it are just from maybe, again, a sci-fi perspective, from like a fictional design perspective. I would have liked to see more on that side of things. And I understand it's also not a very high budget film, but I have no sense of the world outside of maybe three or four lines of dialogue. So it made it hard for me to stay grounded in this fiction aside from the humor itself. And that's just a me thing. So three out of five, really enjoyed it. I would have liked to see, I, I would like to see a more developed idea of this on the uh, on the fictional side. If only Jean-Pierre Jeunet and um, Mark, uh, uh, Mark Car- Caro had Car- a couple million more dollars, perhaps. If only, <laughs> if only, if only. No, I think they did a phenomenal <laughs> job of what they did. It is, it is a great watch. I was pleasantly surprised having watched it. I was like, I am like glad I spent an hour and 40 minutes watching this. This is worth it. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that's that's really all I really hope for cuz I know that mm. this movie can be hit or miss for some people. Like some people are just like you know what? No, I don't like this weird foreign French crap. Not it's not um, Experiment. Matt, yeah. do you like the film Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> yes, Kip Dynamite is my spirit animal. Very good. Jonavi, do you like the film Napoleon Dynamite? Um, I have to admit, I have not seen it. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I know Matt has, and that's why I wanted his opinion, because Napoleon is another infamously hit or miss comedy film. I want to see if we can establish any continuity here um, for, <laughs> for determining comedic palette. Yeah, like, I, I, I remember when everyone was quoting Napoleon Dynamite all the time, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know what this is, I don't... What? When? <laughs> like Gosh. we still aren't? <laughs> Not as frequently. <laughs> but um, and, in any case... I think I know what I'm doing tonight. Uh, I think an, <laughs> an aside that hasn't come up yet, uh, the directors of this, uh, Jean-Pierre Jean Genet and Marc Caro, they... Well, only Are Jean-Pierre Genet... No, I, I don't know if they're vegetarian or not, but Jean-Pierre Genet is best known for Amelie. Um, I've heard of that. Yes. Uh, so... If you've seen anything else of his, you probably it's it was probably Amelie. So for people listening, if you like Amelie and you wanted something darker, <laughs> go for this. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you very much for your ratings. Um, so how did we do? This yeah, week? you y'all did great. Mostly, this was just an excuse to get people to watch this movie. Yeah, oh, I kind of figured one. it was. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I do I do care about consumption and stuff too, but I there there are other things I could have picked for that. But Delicatessen Listen, was one that I don't feel like gets talked about a lot, so I wanted to bring it up. That's part of the reason that I like that, that we did the show the way we did it, is like it forces us to do and watch things that we normally wouldn't, and I think that's good. 
All right. Well, thank you guys both for uh, this discussion, as I said. Next, I will award a Gold Star Student Award, giving a reward to the person who, you know, I I guess best gave a gave a good crack at at thinking about delicatessen and consumption uh, in this episode. And this is tricky because I I really liked um, Matt's selection of media um, and a more uh, a more Pixar idea of consumption. Um, and I, I thought that that is a, a, a good sort of segue into when you're talking about these things that it's like, ah, ha, ha, silly, and ah, ha, ha, cannibalism to, oh, this is a real thing that this, this, this topic is generalizable to a lot of human issues today. Um, and then you can make that full loop around to like oh environmentalism and resources and like ethics all kind of smooshed together and I think that did come out in your you know selection of Wally and um, uh, these Jonavi these hand gestures yeah. are doing it for me right now <laughs> I'm so into this presentation <laughs> please please don't I'm I'm very tired <laughs> I'm trying my I'm best I'm not making fun of you I'm not lying at all I'm I'm cake brained this is keeping me so engaged <laughs> I can't look away when you are gesticulating <laughs> as such. Um, so, so great job to Matt. And then Colin, I, uh, I enjoyed your, your, your parallels election. I think you had a lot of very, very fair critical commentary for, for Delicatessen. I, I, um, and I'm glad that, that you enjoyed it so much, but I don't know, man, this is a, this is a difficult, difficult thing to do. Um, but I think I think I'm gonna have to give it. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to give it to Colin because I feel as though you did a good job um, uniting kind of things from Wally and things from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and then tying them back to Elkates. And I think you managed to sort of uh, voraciously, with your gravitational comedy pull, <laughs> just suck all of those. Colin is the black hole of dark comedy. Is the there black is, hole of dark comedy. There's no joy left once no. it passes through my grubby paws. Man, That's I don't know. Though. That was like the, hearing you talk it out. I got a little nervous for that gold yeah. star there. I, that was the second time recently I got kind of palm spaghetti about this sort this, of stuff. Uh, it was very... No, because I, I, I enjoyed both of your contributions to this discussion, but um, Colin did a really good job at like trying to unite these things so yeah by by the power of gray skull that's not captain Great job, planet Colin. <laughs> thank you i'd like to thank the academy um you'd like to thank all the golden the meat globes that you just aired this week i think that's not the academy <laughs> that's true i would like to thank the meatloaf i ate earlier today because the hoisin ketchup glaze on it was actually quite delicious when baked for 15 minutes. Um, I'd like to remind you all that Colin is a gingerbread man who eats flesh. Uh, keep that in mind when you <laughs> when when you next listen to this podcast. Flesh and cats, like Grammy used to make. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> that about wraps it up. Thank you for listening to Common Geeking Program. I am your host, Jonavi. Um. I'm on Twitter. If you care, I'm at JKIR1. Um, I'm going I'm to plug it. Real fun Twitter. I like the <laughs> things that she posts. Thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> Again, I have been joined by Colin and Matt. Talk uh, about yourselves. My name's Colin. You can find me also on Twitter at SonicolinK, S-O-N-I-C-O-L-I-N-K. You can also probably find me on Xbox. I'm in the top 1% of players in the world for Gamerscore, so... That's fun. Wait, are you actually? I actually am. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I think out of like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, the point of the episode. I'm Matt. Uh, Matt Canavan. Uh, it's been nice coming back to Common Geek Program, doing more editing stuff. Um, you will not find me on social media at all. Um, <laughs> you could try to send me a personal email, but that's, you know, that's so 2000s. Um, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck you're the first person to issue it as a challenge a lot of people will say don't find me you're like dennis and matt sending rickety cricket good out there luck. like oh we'll get you i'm gonna get you all I'm right gonna get you. <laughs> who's 
who's hosting next week? Not me. So next week, my name is Colin Ketchin. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, and I'm hosting the episode next week. She's catching episode up with you. 100. Uh, we are going to have a discussion with a familiar cast talking about um, milestone episodes. Uh, you know, anniversary, season series finales, uh, 10th anniversary, 100th episode, Doctor Who 50th, like whatever. Uh, I'm going to be moderating a discussion with the cast from the first episode of Common Geeking Program. We have some big changes coming to the show after this, and this is going to be a fun way to tie that stuff off with a bow. Would you and say I'm that really it's a good to it. segue? Yup. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> But that was Matt and I had sort of like a laugh chicken going on what? right there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, so that'll be next week. That should be airing eventually. Mm-hmm. I need to get better at, at looking up the dates for when these things are airing. Wait, this episode is airing January 25th. 20, 25th. So then that yes. episode will be on February 1st. Uh, the 1st of February is going to be um, Groundhog's Day. Going to be Groundhog's Day. Uh, So listen to the episode over and over again. (laughs) Be sure to tune in then. And uh, please follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Geeking Program. Any engagement, such as sharing a post, tagging us, or tweeting hashtag CGP, will enter you into a raffle where you get to pick the topic for a future episode. Reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a critical help to growing our show, and we will read new reviews on the air. We'll do it. I mean, um, that's got to be don't a think, boost. Yeah, I don't think we have one, but let me let me see. I want new reviews, guys, real bad. Like, I really do. We're about to start doing some fun new projects, but if you could just leave us a little nugget, I'd super appreciate Nope, nothing new. For all the times that we talk to you, sometimes, via the internet, you could talk to us. Anyway, <laughs> Apple Podcast makes it real easy. You just scroll down from the episode and it's like, hey, rate it. Right. Or I did it. Or with on my podcast. Podbean or on YouTube or all the other places True. the podcast is now. Stitcher, Google Play. Uh-huh. We're your ears. We are right there. If you if you just reach out we're and let us know there. how we're doing. You're everywhere to me. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything, and we will talk to you next week. Cool. I'm going to stop my recording. This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Jonavi Iyer, joined by the representatives Colin Ketchin and Matt Canavan. This episode is sponsored by Blue Apron. I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we are not that popular despite all the food themes discussed in this episode the podcast is created and produced by colin ketchin and jeff levitt with this episode edited by myself colin ketchin but primarily by jeff levitt and matt canavan next week is the airing of our 100th episode we have some things to share and some fun topics to discuss so tune in a week from today next friday and thank you for listening to this Um, no, I was just going to say my hand is still injured, so I'm not going to do the clap. I'm going to make a popping noise with my mouth. Um, <laughs> okay. If you guys want to okay. see, I got stitches and I don't oh, want to. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's so gnarly. I had a- Cheese um, and rice. Do you want to go at 10 minutes, 30 seconds? That's 10 seconds. Yeah. We can do 10, 30 for sure. Can we, al- okay. Can we also get like a uh, sample of silence too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it because I was still being quiet. Uh, <laughs> we can. We well, let's do 45. Okay. Okay. And then and we'll then, do a silence after. Yes. Okay. Five seconds. <laughs> I'm gonna feel so bad for whoever's editing this. They're gonna be like, "Where's the clap? Where's the clap? What is that popping sound?" <laughs>